what exactly is a RAS score? We break down the metric and how it applies to our HBCU prospects. Jackson State's historic women's basketball season keeps rolling into the SWAC tournament, and the MEAC tournament is all about Howard and Norfolk State. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has the best way to run all of your brackets. Run Your Pool is the premier sports pool hosting service. Go to runyourpool.com to create your own bracket. And I want to tell you about the RAS score because I've heard and I've seen a lot of graphics, and I think that you probably have as well. The RAS score is a number that's getting a lot of popularity. Let's break down exactly what it means, how to think about it, how you should feel about it, and then also how it applies to our HBCU prospects. So what is a RAS score? It's an acronym, R-A-S. It stands for Relative uh, Athletic Score, right? So that's what it means, Relative Athletic Score, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's your athletic score relative to, and we'll talk about what it's relative to in a second, but it's relative to something in particular. And it's got a lot of traction because it's been a good way to just be like, that guy's really athletic. It goes on a score. So when you get into the eights, into the nines, you're in a really good range. You're at 10, it's like, yeah, you're athletic. So what does athletic look like to you? Does it look like Calvin Johnson? Probably so. I'd agree with that. I mean, Calvin Johnson, you look at him, he's an athletic specimen. Does it look like Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia? You probably wouldn't say that with the eye test, but knowing the numbers and knowing everything that you know, this guy is athletic because here's the thing is so often you look at athleticism and think probably a small guy, but big guys can move. Aaron, you're going to sit here and tell me Aaron Donald isn't one of the best athletes in the NFL. Now, will they be able to do the same exact things? No. Like, can Aaron Donald ever run as fast as John Ross? No. But can John Ross ever use as much force to push a man and, and completely change a, change a man's direction against his will like Aaron Donald does? No, he never will. Neither one of those two things can happen from the other party. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's about how do you define athleticism? See, numbers are black and white. We use numbers. And you have to apply the context. But numbers by themselves, white, a 478 by a tight end and a or a 478 by a safety is the same as a 478 by a defensive tackle if you're looking at the numbers. By numbers, yes. But let's be real. We know a defensive tackle running a 478 is phenomenal. A safety running a 478 is questionable. They're not the same thing. They're just, they just aren't. And I think the RAS score does a good job of contextualizing because. You ever seen my man, that dude's moving for a big guy. Those are the type of statements that the RAS scores puts into numbers because you've been there like, man, he does this for that guy that size, that size. And there's four different metrics within the RAS score. You have a composite size, 
agility, explosiveness, and speed. So you have those four grades, and they all combine to make a RAS score. Now, personally, one thing that I don't like is I don't really like the grading of the size. Like, that's not to me, that's not fair, but I get it. Because to me, if the dude's short, if the dude's tall, that doesn't change whether he's athletic or not. Now, this is a relative athletic score, which what that means is you're going to be scoring relative to players of your position and players of your size. I would like for the size to just put you in a category, but I get it is all part of the grading system and saying, well, most running backs aren't this height. Most running backs aren't, you know, this size and those things of that nature. And it puts all of those things. So when you're saying, man, I don't really know what these numbers mean, because sometimes you'll get a stat and you'll be like, I know what this stat says, but how do I actually contextualize it? So that's what they do. And we're talking about height. That goes for a guy like Kobe Durant, who he doesn't have a, a RAS score because he didn't do the agility portion of it. And so he only ended up having two or he didn't do the agility or the explosion. So he didn't do a lot of drills at the combine and ended up not having his score. So he doesn't have one, but his speed elite, his size, very poor. And they all have grades in there. I'm not just throwing terms out there, but I wanted to talk about Joshua Williams because he also has an inconclusive to me. Now they gave him a RAS score, but he didn't have his agility and his was brought down by the fact that his speed was, it was okay. That's how they, how they graded. It. it was okay, but he didn't have his agility. So I feel like I didn't really want to talk about him. Now that, now that just leaves Marquise Bell and Jatire Carter and Marquise Bell. He's a guy who had a really good RAS score and he ended up having a total of 9.53. Mind you, this is only out of a 10 point scale. So if you had a 9.53, that means your athleticism is really through the roof. So I want to break down some of these things that he had. And on his size, he had an elite size marker. And then on his speed, he also had elite. So they was like, man, for a guy who is 6'2", to be running a 4'4'1", as a safety. And they mind you, they put him as a free safety. Um, We'll see. Maybe maybe free safety, strong safety. I decided not to really look at that because safety is – kind of safety now this is one of those positions that i think is fluid um so i decided not to be too specific with that but overall i said man a safety moving at his size at that speed that's elite but then his explosion that's something we talked about he's one of the most explosive safeties in this draft but over history because this metric goes back over years upon years it's actually just good his explosiveness is still good but it's not great it's not top five like it was in this draft they just have it in a good category. And then for his agility, his shuttle was poor. So because his shuttle was poor, that brought him down a little bit. And even with that poor shuttle, it was still a 9.53 out of, out of 10. So when you're really thinking about it, how, how much did that shuttle really knock him in? They, they didn't completely grade his shuttle, so I wonder if that played a part because he didn't do the three-cone his agility, his shuttle was there, but his three-cone drill wasn't there to complete his agility. So I wonder if they just knocked him for it. They did put a red marker on his shuttle, but they didn't give him a grade overall. So we wonder if maybe they didn't give him all four categories full to really mark it down. But then Jatire Carter is the most interesting one because with Carter, yes, he is a offensive tackle in the, in the collegiate ranks, but a lot of people think he's going to be a guard. And when you change it over from guard to, or from tackle to guard, at tackle, it's a 6.91. That's in the yellow. You move it over to guard. I thought he was most interesting because you move it over to guard, and now you're looking at a guy who's in the hot in the middle eights or in the low eights, excuse me, 8.26. So 
So let's look at it for tackle and it's uh, compared to his guard. So at, at tackle, his, his size, poor. As at guard, it's okay. All right. His his uh, explosion is good regardless. And then also you look at his his speed, it's is good, excuse me, it's good for a tackle, but then it's great for a guard. And these are the type of things. And one thing that they had really low was his agility. His agility was poor. But then you flip it over and you look at him as a, as a guard, and now you're like, okay, well, it's okay. It's okay. So those are the type of things, and you want to change it. Because imagine thinking how much of an athlete are you going to get. That completely changes if you want him as a tackle as opposed to being a guard. Now, if, you, if you're somebody who says, I want him to be a tackle, I view him as more of a tackle in a, in a, a scheme where I have to get out and run, you might be questioning it. Though his, his explosion is still good and his, his speed, you might sit there and say his agility is at least more to be desired. But as a guard, now it's a whole different situation. And that's the thing about RAS scores. This does not mean how good of an athlete, or excuse me, it does not mean how good of a player you're going to be. It's simply saying this is how good of an athlete that you are. Two completely different things. And I hope that I gave a, comp uh, a compendious breakdown of just what this is and also how to apply it to our prospects. Because I wanted you to see these numbers and I wanted you to know exactly what it meant. Because for a long time, I'm just sitting here looking at these RAS scores like, okay, 8.5, cool. You know, and you could just sit there and say, well, this is good. This is bad. But I want you to also know how to read it and know what it means. And I'd apply it to us because we don't really get the, the promotion as far as the RAS scores. You get RAS scores for guys out of Georgia. You get RAS, score, uh, RAS scores for guys out of Alabama, out of LSU, out of Michigan. But you don't so much get them for the FAMU guys. You for sure aren't getting them from the Fayetteville State guys. They're not even there a lot of times. You know, and you can do them from anybody. So, matter of fact, I want you to go in there and put in your RAS score. See what you think your shuttle or your three cone are. Um, and, and, and give your, your RAS score there that way. Maybe this weekend I'll go do my own and I'll post my own um, RAS score. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think I will do that. I might do that either this week or this weekend and just go out there and do my own little combine. So I want to know what you have. Tag me at South Exclusive. You see my, my Twitter handle right there. If you're looking at YouTube, if you're not, South Exclusive on Twitter. Do your RAS score. Do your own home combine and let me see what your score would be. Let's see how athletic we are for our size and our weight, right? So going forward, I want to talk about Jackson State because Jackson State's women's basketball team has had a historic season. And I want to recap that while also taking a look ahead at their first round matchup between them and University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero because, man, I don't remember the last time I'm trying to think. When was the last time that I actually made some money off of March Madness? I don't remember the last time I went deep in my bracket. So this year I'm hedging my bets with Stat Hero. And Stat Hero has a single game pick'em feature. And oh, that's great for me because trying to go through all of the brackets is kind of scary. It's like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna get them all right. But at least if I miss a game, now I have another chance to get another one back. And this is kind of a hybrid, you know, it's a hybrid between fantasy and sports. This is how daily fantasy is supposed to be, honestly. And there's so many opportunities. You can choose a lineup to go up against and then pick your lineup to go against it. It's, it's so many different features that I feel like you have to go there. And for me personally, I feel like if you're going to try Daily Fantasy, especially around March Madness time, then Stat Hero is the only place that you need to be. And I'm going to tell you right now, because I want you to be able to make more money and I'm not trying to limit your dollars, right? 
So when you go to Stat Hero, go to stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for an 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on for an 100% deposit match. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on when you go to uh, stathero.com slash locked on. All right, so we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day and making out the Bracket Breakdown show on March. You'll be able to catch it here on Locked On HBCU's podcast feed and also the YouTube channel. You're going to have Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling giving you breakdowns for all of the matchups. And today's word of the day is compendious. Right, meaning concise and comprehensive. We just gave a compendious breakdown of what the RAS score was, and then we applied that breakdown to our HBCU prospects who are at the combine this year. So after doing that, let's go ahead and switch gears and go ahead and get into uh, tournament season, go into basketball now. And Jackson State just completed an historic season with an absolute beatdown of Mississippi Valley State. Let's take a look at their season, what it meant, and then also a look ahead towards their first round matchup in the SWAC tournament against University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And when we get to that, we're going to have some words, some quotes from uh, Coach Reed as far as what she believes is going to or needs to happen to get down or to get that victory when they go into the first round. I'm excited. But first, let's talk about their historic season, because this is the first time in SWAC women's basketball history that anybody um, 18 and 0 undefeated in the season in, in conference play. Of course, we're not just talking about the whole year. They don't play. They play more than 20 uh, or 18 games, but in conference play, no one's going going 18 and 0. And this is the first year that you have Bethune Cookman, you have FAMU being added and they went through everybody and they didn't have many close games. Mind you, they went in, they had three games by single digits. One game was really close. That game against TSU was really close in the sense that it came all the way down to the wire. You know, but for the most part, they've been beating teams by double digits. They've been beating a lot of teams by 20. So you look at their margin of victory, and they absolutely dominated this game. But for the most part, they've been winning games by 20 points, double digits, a couple of games where they had to win, and really one game where they had to kind of squeak by. But for the most part, you look at how dominant that they have been throughout this season. And you know what? Forget that. I'm not going to say for the most part. Take that out. You just look at how dominant they've been, period, this season. No team is going to go through and just steamroll everybody. No team is going to. Even you take the number one seed in any conference, any division play, any anything, they're not going to steamroll everybody. It's just not going to happen. Keeping up that level of play on a nightly basis is difficult. So no more for the most part. They've been dominant all season. Many, 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 many. 20 point victories. So I think if you look at how they played in the regular season and going into the tournament, mind you, they played everybody. If Jackson state doesn't win this tournament, it, it would be a huge upset. It'd be a major upset. I don't care if it is Texas Southern. Um, one point, two points. I don't care if it is university of Arkansas pine bluff, who was one of those close games. They lose in this tournament. It's going to be a huge upset. They've won three back-to-back-to-back SWAC championships as far as in the regular season. So they completed that, and this time they were undefeated in the season. But let's look towards their SWAC tournament game 
because they're going to be playing University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, who is a team who gave them some fits, not even earlier in the season, just a game ago. Right before they played uh, Mississippi Valley, they were playing Arkansas Pine Bluff in a game that was really close. It was highly contested. And if you ask Coach Reed, she'll tell you it should have never been that close, period. I don't care. It should not have been that close. And the things, the reasons that it was that close, the issues, the misfires, she says it was internal. And before you get there, she completely gives UAPB their credit. She calls them a really good team. So it's not a situation where she's saying we're way better or they don't deserve to be on the court with us. They're really good. I think it's more of just an, a confidence within yourself and feeling like this is internal. So she talked about things like if they just bought into the defensive game plan. And when they did buy in, that's when they were able to stop it. She didn't feel like they executed their game plan at all. But when she said it, it didn't quite seem as if she was saying, hey, they stopped us from executing our game plan. No, they just didn't do it. They didn't buy in. She talked about buying in. She talked about believing. She talked about shooting free throws better. They can't stop you from shooting free throws. All right. They can stop you from from attempting them. But once you get there, it's not about, hey, they were able to block my shot. They altered it. It's a free throw. You get to shoot it. They went 18 for 30, which was unacceptable. It's unacceptable to her. She's a 60 percent. Can't have that happen. These are things that she felt was unacceptable. These are things that if if they happen, if they bought in, they executed their game plan, they knocked down their free throws. In her words, this would not even have been a game. And I think going into the tournament, the motto, or maybe not even the motto, because I don't want to get into like just sayings and cliches, but the, the mentality should really be that you don't need to lose to finish strong. That's something she said in that same interview when she said the it shouldn't be a game, when she talked about buying in and believing you don't need to lose to finish strong. I thought that was great because it highlighted just the difference in opinion because so many people say you need to lose, taste defeat, so you don't want to taste it again, things like that. She said no. She brought up examples. She brought up the old UConn team. She brought up the Baylor team. Said they didn't need to lose. You don't need to lose to finish strong. And they haven't lost. So now it's about are they going to finish strong? So if I'm a, Jack a Jackson State Lady Tiger, I'm all about proving my coach right because she has the utmost confidence. You can tell in the ways that she spoke about the game and how it should have went. You can tell by how she speaks as far as the mentality of we don't need to lose. This team is good enough. You can very well tell she believes that. I love this team. I love this team's fire. I love this coach's belief in her team. And that's what I think really drives them. It's the reason that you could really look at them and say this is a dynasty winning three straight. Swag, uh, swag regular season championships. Now, going forward, we're going to switch gears once again. We went from women's basketball in the swag to men's basketball in uh, the MEAC now. And we're going to talk about how this team of Norfolk State and this team of Howard is going to be the talk of the MEAC tournament and maybe even a future finals matchup. But first, I want to tell you about Run Your Pool because Run Your Pool is the place that you need to go to run all of your brackets. I even believe that. We're even going to run our own our own brackets here, runyourpool.com slash locked on. If you want to come play with us, come on, we're inviting you. If you want to lose, come on, and we're inviting you. You know what I'm saying? we Look, I'm going to talk some trash. Now, I'm, I'm a novice at this, but they give me information like details and intel about the teams, what they do well, what they don't do well. They give me all of these things. So now I feel a little bit more educated and allows me to talk my talk. And then look, if you don't want to trash talk, that's okay. I won't, I won't do it to everybody. But – I do believe in a little friendly competition. Come on to runyourpool.com slash locked on, fight with us or uh, compete with us. And 
go through matchups like Survivor. Um, you can change your score. All of these options are available, and you just play with us. You can also create your own bracket, which I recommend. Runyourpool.com. Use the promo code Pure Madness for ten dollars off your offer. Get make go ahead and make something with the with the office or your family, and then come on and play with us too at Runyourpool.com/slash/lockedon. We want that challenge. And then also, I want you to go and talk to our friends at Bet Online because BetOnline.net has everything that you need for all of your wagering needs. If you want to talk about the NBA um, MVP, they just added that on there. They just put up a, a beautiful diagram. I'm, I think I'm gonna post that on Twitter um, later on today. Just talking about the the ads, or excuse me, the the odds for the MVP in the NBA. They have your March Madness AP Top Ten odds. I'm going to post that. Maybe later on, as far as March Madness gets closer, and they also have your way too early NFL MVP odds, and I love that. That's my that's my whole thing NFL, right? So they have everything that you could possibly need. They have boxing, UFC. So it's not just the sports of basketball and football. They have different type of things. You can even get down to with your, with your favorite Vegas casino games. They have anything and everything that you possibly need. That's why I call Bet Online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, so we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, Norfolk State and Howard are going to be the talk of the MEAC tournament. And honestly, I would not be surprised if we have a repeat of the SEAC tournament where you have the men's title and the women's title between the same teams, right? Because they are the number one and number two seed in each tournament. The men's, Norfolk is one, Howard is two. On the women's side, you just flip the script. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because we're specifically focusing on the men's side. Tomorrow, we're going to we're going to touch on the women's side because there is one other team in there that I feel like you have to have a conversation about. But that'll be on tomorrow's episode as we continue reviewing or previewing these tournaments because you have the SWAC and the MEAC tournament starting on Wednesday. So I want to make sure that today and tomorrow we're giving a little bit of preview so you know what to expect. Right. So let's talk about the men's side and let's talk. Let's. Um, start off with Norfolk because Norfolk comes in with the player of the year and Joe Bryant, and they also come in with the coach of the year. So you're going to have both of those team, both of those things on your team. And when you have that, honestly, when you have that, it's a situation where you know you can win every game and you're almost going to be favored in basically every game. You have the best player in the league and you have the best coach in the league. You just strip all the records away. You strip everything away. You just look at Norfolk State. Pretend you know nothing about them. Norfolk State has the best player and the best coach. You would probably sit there and say, well, they're probably the best team. Now you bring back the context. You know who they are. Strap the records on to them. Yeah. Seems about accurate. Um, and I think that <laughs> I think that when you look at it, Joe Bryant, it's almost a situation of what can't he do? Because he is the leading scorer in the conference. He's top five in assists. He's top five in, in steals and field goal percentage and three points made per game. He's top 10 in, in steals. Oh, excuse me. He's top 10 in steals. He's top five in, in assists, three points per game and field goal percentage. He's top 10 in steals. You're sitting thinking, well, what doesn't he do? He does everything. One thing that was left out of there is rebound, and he was narrow. Uh, he narrowly missed that. He was at 13. So there's a player who does every single thing around the court 
And I think one thing that needs to be highlighted is feel is this free throw percentage, excuse me. And I know some may think, well, that's an odd thing to just specifically take away from all of his other characteristics and highlight because just free throws. But when you get to the free throw line as much as he does, this is a standout trait. Now, imagine James Harden, right? In in the before they start changing all these rules and everything, James Harden was a master at getting to the free throw line because it is a skill as far as getting to the free throw line and absorbing absorbing contact, and it's it's a skill getting into all of that. Are you going to take away free throws from him? No, you can't take it away when discussing him. This is one of the biggest things, and he knocks in over ninety percent. Only one player gets to the free throw line at a quicker rate than him, or at a at more uh, common rate than him, but nobody knocks him down like him. Not a soul. And he's knocking down 90%. So if you're getting to the free throw line as much as he is, and then you're also going to be knocking down 90%, A-OK with me. Now, on the coach side, you just got coach, uh, coaches coming in. He's won back-to-back MEAC regular season tournament, I mean, regular season titles. He's looking to be able to win back-to-back um, tournament titles as well. So overall, Coach Jones is honestly a coach who is well decorated. He's a coach who is succeeding now. And he's a coach who is seemingly going to keep rolling for the foreseeable future. And I, that's why you see Norfolk State. They have a lot of great players, but they have the best player in the conference and they have the best coach in the conference. And that's the reason that you see them at the top of the conference. Now going into Howard, who is sitting there at second place, and, you know, two of, the, two of their five losses are to Norfolk State. So outside of those games, you're sitting there and you're looking at a team that's really, really good, even if they're just to split those games. They'd be much closer of a gap. And they have just absolute depth. And as far as the all MEAC team, they're the most represented team there because they have players on every single team of theirs. First team, you have um, Kyle Foster. You look at the team, you have Steve Settle, Elijah Hawkins. Elijah Hawkins also made the rookie team. And then on the third team, you have uh, Rand- Randall Brumont. So, and he also made it on the defensive team. So when you're looking at it, you have a scoring Kyle Foster. We know how he pops it from three-pointer. We have a young guy who I think even, I mean, I know he didn't make the all-defensive team, but he was top three in steals on the season. So, you know, he can play defense in Hawkins. And then you also have Brumont, a guy who is a defensive, all-defensive player. You have everything that you need, youth, scoring, defense. You have everything that you need in a team. And I don't care that they got swept. I could still see them coming back and getting a victory. I hope this game happens. I think that this is one of those games where you go into the playoffs and you say, these are the type of games I want to see. I want to see Norfolk State versus Howard. You see all how the bracket lines up and whether it's playoffs in football, playoffs in basketball, or the NBA, whatever. You say, these are the matchups that I want to see. I hope we can get that to happen. And this is one of those types of matchups. And I hope that I get to see this in the um, MEAC finals because that's where it have to be. I hope that we get to see. And if we do, best believe that we will be covering it here. And you better make Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day like you have. And I'm always appreciative of that. Let's keep it going, guys. Right. And for your second listen of the day. You need to be checking out Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL cornerback. And he's going to be giving you everything that you could possibly need, breaking down 
corners, right? You're going to be breaking down quarterbacks. It's not just going to go with his cornerback position. They did a mock draft earlier, and you have to check it out. So let's see who he gave to the Houston Texans with the number three pick. And in the meantime, in between time, you can find me on that blue app, that bird. Yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.